1: Bob, bop bobbing along, along There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his home Sweet song Wake up, wake up, you head, Get up, get up, get out of bed Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red Live, love, love and be happy What if I be blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers Still I listen for Go! Oh.
2: Seven defeats from our last eight away games, and it was another hugely disappointing display on the road at Stoke. Welcome to Charlton Live. Live! So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live, uh, coming to you live from the Valley on you this uh, Sunday evening—a miserable Sunday evening not only uh, in terms of the weather, but also I think in terms of the mood around the the, the camp at the moment after another frustrating display away from home, uh, 3-1 defeat yesterday at Stoke. So good evening, my name is Louis Mendes. Uh, we've got a packed show for you uh, this evening. Joining me in the studio to talk about yesterday's game amongst uh, various other bits and pieces uh, over on my right hand side, Mr. Tom Wallin. Tom, you had a wonderful day out in Stoke. Doesn't. Yeah, Yeah. thrilled to be here. Yeah, probably. Put as much effort in tonight, I think, as the players did yesterday. Yeah, so yeah. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. We've just, oh, in fairness, we have just had quite an enthralling game of chip the football into knackered. the bin in the <laughs> press room it. next door. We got here about twenty minutes. Well, we've tw- twenty minutes to spare, so there was a the football rolling around in the press room. So we've been chipping it into a bin for the last twenty minutes. I got it in once. I'm on a hat trick. You got it in twice nip out during the highlights. Yeah, uh, Lewis, you got it in no times, no times. Uh, so you no let shot. yourself down again. Didn't hit the crossbar the other week. Didn't uh, get it in the bin today. Josh yeah. Parker of the team. Yeah, yeah pretty much. worked yeah. hard. Yeah, worked, worked hard. Got me in good positions yeah but no one really knows why he's here <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, enjoy yesterday no no yeah I think it's that's going to be pretty much it? the tone of the show this evening unfortunately uh, uh, frustrating is probably not even the right word it was a, a bit of a limp display up at the uh, the bet 365 stadium yesterday we're going to relive it uh, unfortunately this evening we will hear the highlights uh, we'll dissect it ourselves of course we'll hear from the, the manager uh, Lee Bowyer as well we want to hear from you guys as well air your frustrations on this evening's Charlton live you can email us Charlton, uh studio at uk. Uh, you can tweet us at Chelton Live or you can head over to the Chelton Live forum to have your say on this evening's show. We're also going to hear from, uh, it's not all going to be doom and gloom this evening, it's, it's mainly, but we have got some, some good stuff later on. Uh, an interview with uh, a former England international and of course a, uh, a bit of a Chelton legend from back in the day, Robert Lee, was at the 80s evening here at the Valley a couple of weeks ago. Terry uh, went up there and got a, a really nice uh, exclusive interview for Chelton Live, so Robert Lee will be on the show uh, later on as well so um, I mean like I say if you if you want to tweet in about the game you can also tweet in about your fears now you know we're still four points above Wigan there's 16 games left to go in this season but we are only one place above that relegation spot Wigan's our last home game of the season I mean that uh, you pr- hope and pray that we're, we're clear of it by then but that could be a fascinating game if it goes if it's going down to the wire so like I say get in touch with the show let us know how you're feeling uh, with the rest of the season still to come uh, Tom just here, we hear the highlights Um Started badly, got m- miraculously better just before halftime, then it went terribly wrong again in the second half. Yeah, we were we were very, very poor. Um, there's no getting away from it, is there? I mean, there's no, there's no sugar sugarcoating anything yesterday. No,
3: I spent a bit of today really trying to think about how to put it, um, but I, look, you've
2: just got to be honest, there was a... Yeah,
3: I wasn't at Middlesbrough, I was obviously talking to you on the way here about it, but that's as bad as I've seen us all season, we... It was weird, we just didn't, I think we were set up badly and I'm sure we'll come to that a bit later but I, I didn't think the formation worked but even in the wrong formation you can you can run a little bit harder and it's very unusual to see a Boya team perform like that. I think even the games where I've seen us and I've been a bit disappointed, the likes of Preston at home or even maybe Millwall away where you want a little bit more, you'd still feel like they, they gave they gave their all, they were just not, not good enough maybe, um, but yesterday they just looked way off the pace and yeah, we were very, very lucky to go in at one all and you think, okay, well we've seemed to have escaped that. Um, maybe in the second half, maybe something, something can happen. And what did happen was the thing that's happened, what, 10, 11 times before this season. We can see it in the first two minutes. And then that second half, I think I was sitting next to a Stoke fan on the way back on the train, which was, as you can imagine, good fun. And he said, um, that the scoreline flattered us and I I probably agree with him
2: yeah oh as in in they flattered Charlton yeah I was going to say if he flattered Stoke he was being extremely kind of he must have been scared uh, of you
3: (laughs) no he said it flattered Charlton and um, I think he's right I think it could have easily been four or five and I don't think we could have argued with it
2: yeah no not at all I mean Lewis you had the dubious pleasure of being at both yesterday's game and that that defeat up at Middlesbrough back in December. Mm. Uh, well previously, certainly a lot of people were saying that was the worst performance of the season. Do you think yesterday has eclipsed it or is it, I I think it's matched it. Certainly. Yeah. I'd said,
4: um, I said yesterday to the, to the guys I went to Middlesbrough with, I think it was as bad as, as Middlesbrough, you know, we didn't look in the game whatsoever. We started extremely slowly. We looked all at sea, uh, defending, especially out wide. I think that James McLean and Tom Ince gave Perrington and Matthews real problems. Um, And we didn't really create anything and then, like you say, miraculously managed to get an equaliser just before before half-time. You think at that time, maybe we're going to come out now and that's a good time to score and that Bowie is going to take them in at half-time. Give them a bit of a rocket for that, the opening stages that were nowhere near good enough. And we might come out second-half fighting. And it was just so disappointing to concede so early after the second half uh, had started. And as Tom said, we've seen it so many times where that's been the case and... Whether we're just switching off, we're not We're not coming out completely sharp. I, I don't really know what it is. I mean, obviously, there were a lot of calls for offside for the goal yesterday. But I've seen a screenshot you put out today, which shows that Matthew's played ints onside. So we haven't got any complaints there. And it, we were just a little bit all at sea yesterday. And in the last few times where we've performed like that, towards the tail end of the game, we've had a bit of a spell where it's almost been too little too late. But we didn't even really have that yesterday, apart from one chance from Lard Taylor that fizz wide way too late. And, and we left ourselves... You know, no way back into the game and it's extremely disappointing because you look at how well we performed against Stoke at home at the start of the season uh, and that was a complete polar opposite as to how we played yesterday.
2: Right, it's time unfortunately. Right, sit down calm yourself, send the children out of the room. We're, We're going yeah. to <laughs> have a listen to the highlights of yesterday's game uh, from Valley Pass uh, with Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith
5: ...deflection taken into the path of Inch who swings it across onto the far side Heading towards the corner of the Charlton of the Stoke Man. He's into the penalty area. He goes to the right. It's a shot by McLean. Blocked away by Lockyer. Superb defending. It's ricocheted all the way out into the Charlton right on side. And Chester tries to go down the line. Gets that hopelessly wrong and goes out for a Charl- They have trouble Charlton so far and have a corner. Corner comes in to the far side. Bath is there. Pierce jumps. Bath gets the header down to Odinz. Allen takes over. to hit. Shot straight into Purrington. Out to the right of to, uh, to Clucas again. Chip ball back across. Dylan Phillips is there and claims it. On the edge of his six.
6: It's the first time Charlton have really had any sort of possession. He's got themselves a corner. Cullen with a corner. Swings it in. So the far side. Pierce is out. He couldn't get there and he's touched behind for another corner. There was Chester.
5: Finally got his foot to it. Pierce was inches away from getting his head to that. Booking's a bit
6: harsh but yes I get it. Stoke with a free kick. Clucas to take. Towards the yeah. far post. Towards Powell with the header. Ball across. McLean. Open goal. And Stoke are 1-0 up. Charlton slack defended from the set piece the ball at the far post for Powell across to McLean who just couldn't miss yeah,
5: McLean doesn't do him so many favours he goes straight to the away end and then, uh, gives it large and uh, I don't think any Charlton fans have been giving him half time so you wonder why he gets a bit of stick well that might be why but uh, yeah Charlton Taylor just uh, lost his man it was Powell on that far side Powell got a free header back across goal and uh,
6: McLean just ran in unchecked and finished it uh, he couldn't so miss to Matthews again Matthews to his right finds Lock here further right is Green inside to Cullen little one two Cullen ball down the line we'll oh, find Andre there. Green again Green crosses a decent one towards Voboes oh Boris. yeah oh what a finish by Ben oh, Perlison I think going to claim it but what a move from Charlton has to be said not been at the greatest this first 45 minutes but a lovely little bit of football Green what a ball into the box and the ball either deflected off Perrington or the defender Smith will give it to Perrington for now the Chalna level as we go towards halftime well Perrington looks second best second favorite of
5: that Oh, it it's might an be a own goal but uh, Perrington caused it by the pressure he imposed on Smith oh, I mean, yeah, so it's still difficult to tell so whether Purrington got a touch or not well, I'm giving it to him but uh, I think so you could tell from the reaction best, of Smith as well He looked second best to get there and it looked like well this will be tucked away for a corner or uh, best for us or it will be cleared away and Purrington arrived to just cause
6: that if he didn't get a touch just caused the pressure on Smith to put it away and I've got to say Charlton have an unlikely just cleared away for Stoke and there is the half time whistle <clears throat> as Charlton go into the break level after what has to be said not the Prius first 45 minutes from Lee Bowers men crossing opportunity again towards the far post headed away by Matthews that's a huge one comes up. down to Powell and under pressure from Carlin goes backwards to Allen good first touch thinking about a shot instead post yeah, it so offside.
2: offside to Ince
6: and Charlton conceded early in the second half Tom Ince allowed to bring the ball forward and poke it in the Stoke are ahead. And Chola furious, furiously surrounded the referee. That had I mean, to be need to I, mean, I need to see it again on the replay. But Ince was able to just poke it in. And Chola conceded again early in the second half.
5: We won't have the greatest angle on the replay, but uh,
6: Ince looked a yard off whether Adam Matthews was playing him on. No question he was further ahead than Lockheed and Perrington. It's whether Matthews yes. has stepped out in time. Cullen drills towards the far post. Pierce with the header. Taylor trying to oh. it.
1: He's
6: straight into the arms of Butland. Inches away from oh, the I Taylor would have just got enough on that to take it away from Butler. Just didn't get anything on it. to turn and take on Charlton. Still with it. Tyrese Campbell taking on Perrington in the penalty area. Pulled to the right. Finds Smith. Pulled across. Goal. It's a short as a goal from Nick Powell and Stoke have their third after 65 minutes far too easy you have to say for Stoke Campbell's allowed to bring the ball forward to the right, it came to Smith ball towards the near post and Powell was able to touch it
5: I don't know if he was still switching off because of that uh, ridiculous Throwing decision down on this near side to a slight deflection off of Purrington across. Now Powell to just get ahead. uh, That's Lockyer. Lockyer just couldn't get there in front of Powell. He just touched it and it's Rick. He came off his boot at some speed past Dylan Phillips. Corner about to be taken and it's taken and there is the final whistle and Charlton sadly this afternoon. And into the early hours of this evening, haven't really managed to compete in this game, really from minute one.
2: Yeah, uh, minute one to minute ninety, we weren't we weren't in it. Uh, the only minute we were in it was the one we scored, and we've been dominant for that minute, and we scored. But other than that, we we never looked like we were going to get any from that from that, time. And that. the frustration about that is we picked up a good result last week. We've got players back from injury now. You know we're expecting this to be the start of a run where we 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 string a few results together. In February, where we're playing a lot of teams around us and find find the 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 sequence of wins that we need to ensure that we're safe by the end of the season but I mean we got the one against Barnsley but we didn't come close to getting anything against Stoke yesterday
3: yeah we said it on Thursday that it was perhaps the start of some momentum that we needed to start winning some games because we know firstly just how many games we've got in February but how many of those games are against teams that are down towards the bottom end of the division where we are and As you said, we got that win against Barnsley last week and we thought, okay, maybe here we go and come in on the studio on Thursday and we think, right, if we can kick on from that and and get another win and and push ourselves a little bit further away from those places and obviously we had huge numbers going up there yesterday and the atmosphere I thought was great from the the Charlton fans, the home fans a bit less so. And then the game starts and all that build-up goes away and the game's actually started and within the first three or four minutes they'd had two or three shots that we'd had to block and... They were just coming at us and that's why I said to me that formation just didn't look like it was working. Um, I, I kind of understand what I think Bowie was trying to do but it just didn't look like it worked for me and they were able to find far too much space. McLean in particular on the left who I know is a bit of a pantomime villain but he's a, a very, very good player um, and there was just too much space in the wrong areas really and it only felt like a matter of time that they were going to go ahead and despite all that to go ahead from such a simple set piece again and two defensive lapses is is so frustrating because... If they had smashed one of those in from 35 yards into the top corner, you have to hold your hands up and go, fair enough. But yet again, we've fallen asleep at a set piece and you hear Bowyer after the game say it as well. It's so disappointing to concede that way because they work so hard on that, or you would hope they do, and, it, and it's the part of the game you've got a little bit of control over and yet we're still letting it happen time and again. And the more times it happens, the more you kind of realise why we're down in that part of the league now, because... We're just conceding sloppy goals too many times.
2: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the setup there, Tom. I mean, when, when we saw the lineup announced, we assumed it was going to be the, the diamond in midfield uh, with Green and Taylor up top, but it, it didn't turn out that way. I mean, it looked like Taylor was on his own. I don't know what you'd call that formation, like a 4 2 3 1 or a 4 kind 5 of. 1. Or uh, into a 4 3 3. Yeah, it? so I don't, I think. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to describe what it was, but clear, I mean, clear it wasn't working because in that opening half an hour, I mean, Stoke, Stoke had a flurry of chances at the start, a couple of blocks in from. Uh, Perrington one from Cullen possibly I can't remember there was there was a hand hand ball shout there was nothing doing there was a couple of early openings for Stoke but when the game calmed down certainly we didn't look like we were going to get anything at the other end but the game had just calmed down and you're thinking well if we can just dredge out a nil-nil here you'd be happy but as Tom mentions you fall asleep at a set piece as we've done so often (laughs) this season unfortunately and all of a sudden it's a different game
4: yeah exactly And, and as you say it's it's another set piece where we've fallen asleep and it's it's extremely disappointing you know it was right up uh, our end where we were sitting as well, so you sort of you see the sort of disaster unfold in front of you, don't you? You can see McLean standing there completely open, and that it's going to fall straight mm. to his feet. No one went with him. Uh, Lyle lost his battle as well, and it's it's frustrating. It's a horrible way to concede. And Boe says it so many times, doesn't he, that to concede from a set piece, considering the amount of time they work on it on the training ground, is extremely disappointing. So, a, a really annoying way to to sort of go down one nil. And then obviously, the way that the game had sort of panned out so far as well, it wasn't really looking like if we were to go one down, that we'd get back into it whatsoever. Mm. So when we did get that break and and um, we got the goal through Perrington, it was a little bit a little bit of luck, but probably came at a, an extremely good time, because I thought that we'd be able to go in at half time and and sort of regroup and come out and, and perform better in the second half. But I mean that that first half performance was as bad. As I've as I've seen, we said very similar about Middlesbrough. You know, it was it was pretty appalling. And and as you said, like we've got all these all these bodies back now, and we're sort of expecting our season to to kick on again because we've had that that period where we've had so many players out, and we've been sort of we've had our hand forced in in what options we've had. We've played uh, academy players where in serious tough games, and, and we've still turned up, and we've still performed, and we've lost by narrow margins. When you see a fully experienced Charlton side like that, and we were all looking at the lineup yesterday, purring over it because. You're seeing the names that are back in there, the strength of the bench, and you're thinking, okay, we can kick on now. And that performance yesterday was was just nowhere near, mm. and and I was I was extremely disappointed.
2: Yeah, I think Bayou was was saying in his interview afterwards, which you'll you'll hear later on in the show. Perhaps you, you see these players coming back into the into the team, and you're thinking, excellent, right, they're back. But it's clear it's clear for for, for a few of them, who has been out for a while. They need they need to get their their game fitness up, their sharpness back up. They need to get their their touch back in as well because I mean too many, way too many of them were were off the boil yesterday. And as Lewis mentioned there, I mean I never ever saw us getting back into that game. I, I mean I remember about ten minutes before the break, saying let's just try and get to to half time uh, at one nil down. Um, so that's why it was such a surprise when we put that that move together. Um, one of the very few bits of quality we show, and that's why it's also frustrating because we know we've got players like Andre Green who can turn it on like that, and you know players who I think Cullen was involved in that move down the right hand side. Um, we we know we've got players who can do that sort of stuff but it, it wasn't happening often at all yesterday um there is actually a question mark over whether perrington scored it or not i mean I, at the time off I, I couldn't i still can't work out if tommy smith has got the last touch or not uh, i see that the bbc and sky have both given it back to perrington now so you have to assume that that's going to be the case but uh, as we said last week uh, as, as we said too many times tom you know you you, you get into half time you've got something quite often recently it's been a lead that you know in home games or yeah, Bristol City, Hull City, games like that West Bromwich Albion or you know, Drawing and and you come out and concede a goal right at the start of the second half it's, it's so confusing why that keeps happening now clearly at the time we all thought there was a shout for offside uh, myself included um, for, for Tom Ince for the second goal, Joe Allen played it through he was down the our left hand side and it was clearly the wrong side of our defence on that side but I think Matthews just hadn't got out in time so fair play actually to the linesman seemed to be the only person in the, in the stadium who knew what had happened mm. there but how can we? How can we have that lack of concentration? Where, for example, if Matthews has found himself deeper than he should have been?
3: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's yes, we all thought it was offside. Okay, it wasn't. But even if it was, by the time that ball's played through to Ince, the defensive mistakes have already happened. As you say, Ad, uh, Adam Matthews has dropped back anyway to play him onside. But it was just so sloppy. I think the initial ball in was just a hopeful cross. It gets headed just up in the air. We don't manage to clear it properly. can't remember who it is who picks it up originally on the edge of the box. But they've got loads of space. And it's just so basic. And it is, yet again, like the players have come out cold. And we've spoken about it a few times. I don't think we've really found an answer. But I think what what we can now confirm is the amount of times this has happened. This isn't just a coincidence anymore. And... Maybe it's just self-fulfilling in the other teams. I think I maybe mentioned this last time. This happened to other teams. Their time team talk is, look, these boys are cold when they come out after half time. So for that first five minutes, you just go at them and go at them because there's a chance you'll break through because it's just happened in far too many times now. And the difficult thing is, I don't know what the answer is. You can't just sit eight men behind the ball for five minutes just to try and protect it because you're just going to invite pressure on. So... Yeah, it, it's really difficult and really frustrating. It doesn't seem to be matter who the people are that are out there. It's just happening time and time again. And I was exactly the same as you, even at 1-0 down with five minutes left. I thought if we can get in here at half-time and, and be 1-0 down, given how the first half has gone, I'd take that. And it's for Boya to then sort them out at half-time and change things around. And it looked like he did change that formation around in the second half. And we looked like a bit more we went to that 4-4-2. But as I say, all all that happened then is that the space in the flanks so I think the idea in that first half was that formation was to cut off the space in the flanks but they seemed to find it anyway and then that second half obviously by being slightly narrower there was even more space and it was just just one of those days yesterday where you have to hold your hands up and say nothing worked nothing we tried worked and it was typical of us that we conceded after half time straight after because again that's just one of those things that's happened to us this season and I don't know it's just it was so frustrating and and as you say pretty much from the first whistle it just seemed like that the sort of game where that was going to happen.
2: Mm. The third goal as well for for Stoke uh, scored at the near post by Nick Powell wasn't it the cross the cross that came in and, and Powell's just nipped in front of, of Lockie I don't think that's not expect something you expect to see happen there uh, and then he, all of a sudden he's got a fire towards towards the near post I don't think Dylan's got much chance for that but I think Lockie would be the one who'd be thinking he should have stood up there perhaps just been a bit more alert to the striker trying to get in front of him
4: yeah definitely and, and you know Locks will really be disappointed because he's been one of our sort of standout performers this season in my opinion and to get you know to get beaten there by by Nick Powell is it's is extremely disappointing because I think we'd we'd had a chance just before that as well. Um, we were sort of headed it sort of straight down. Jack Butland's throw I think is probably mm. the only chance we had in that second half really that was on target. Um, and you're thinking, oh, could we maybe now start sort of drumming up a couple of chances, bring it back to two-two, bit like UPR, you know, that that sort of undeserved two-two draw right at the death, which would have would have made all the difference but to then go on straight up the other end and concede again from some uh some pretty sloppy defending by by our standards and by tom Lockyer's standards uh was you know it just sort of it was the the note for the whole day wasn't it, it was disappointing from start to finish and it was just one to forget isn't it it really yeah. really was bad
2: i know i mean there was some frustration about a throwing that was given the wrong way oh. <laughs> uh before yeah. before i mean clearly it should have been our throw but i mean i, I look back at the uh The highlights and there was, I mean, it was it was a solid minute before the actual goal went. The throwing went the wrong way. Probably about thirty seconds of playing time. And there's so many opportunities to cut that goal out after the throwing's got given the wrong way. I mean. I know there was some complaints, but if you look at where the throwing was, it was down in the other half. You can't you can't argue too much about something happening in the other half leading to a goal inside your own half. I mean, yeah, sure it wouldn't have happened, but at the same time, you know, there's gonna be other opportunities where we have to defend. You have to defend games for ninety minutes, you don't get to switch off just because the throwing's got given the wrong way.
3: Yeah, completely right. And the thing was that it was Cullen who was there and saw it and Cullen got obviously in the referee's face. I dunno how he didn't get booked for that. I don't think he did anyway. And it seemed to bother him because even chasing back you could see him just sticking with the referee as well and again it had one of those feels that in a minute's time we're going to be saying that the team switched off and that's exactly what happened and I don't know if they all lost their concentration then but as you say, first of all it was a terrible decision but it's right down in the Stoke corner and they've managed to pick their way through the entire Charlton team. And uh, and go up the other end and score. And again, the defensive mistake is Tom Lockyer's that time, getting the wrong side of his man and letting the player get in front of him and finish in the, in the near post. But that midfield just seemed so so loose yesterday. And you've got Cullen and you've got Prattley there. And we've said since Cullen came back from injury just how important he is in that midfield. And, and Prattley, we've been singing his praises as well. But I didn't really think either of them covered themselves in glory. Davis put himself about, but got that early booking which then meant he had to be careful as well. I thought Johnny Williams had one of his poorer games. Um, I think maybe just because the service wasn't there to him but he just wasn't able to influence the game in quite the same way as he has in previous days. It was just just one of those really where, as I've said, the first moment that kicks off and all that build up to the day and you've got the train and you've had a couple of beers and you're enjoying all the build up and the atmosphere is great and then as soon as that game kicked off you just had a feeling that it was going to go that way and it's just really disappointing and the players have said it themselves. Obviously we'll hear from Boyer shortly. He calls it out and says it as it is, it's just one of those and I don't know. We don't luckily don't have to put our finger on why it happened, but he's got the boys back in training today, I think. So hopefully they've had a look at it and, and worked it out because I know our record against the top six is very good, but a forest away is never an easy place to go. You know, the city ground is a, a hostile place and that's going to be a tough game on Tuesday night and the games come thick and fast now and if you're winning them is a great month but if you start to get on a slope again those games come quickly and it's hard to get out of
2: mm, certainly uh, I'm trying to look for other chances that we had during the game I mean there was a couple of corners in the first half uh, one of which Stoke nearly turned into their own net the next one that Piercy actually got his head onto but it wasn't really uh, looking like it was going to trouble the goalkeeper and then like, like Lewis mentioned the one just before Stoke got their third goal, again, a set piece, Pierce won it. And you're just hoping that Taylor can get a touch in front of the goalkeeper and turn it round. But then in, until after the third goal, I mean, you wait until injury time before Taylor had that shot on the turn that, that went wide. Um, you, you know, we, we're not, we're not, we're not looking like we're going to create chances yesterday. And that, that was, I mean, this the, the whole performance was so disjointed. It's, it's it really is hard to analyse it because there's nothing, there's there's nothing good you can say, and there's there's plenty bad. And I mean, after a while, you get bored of talking about it. Yeah, exactly.
4: And, and as we've said, it's it's very similar to that Middlesbrough game, and, and the way we set up at Middlesbrough was very similar to how we set up yesterday with that three man midfield. I think we had Prattley Gallagher and Ledley back then in that in the three in the three, and then you had Doughty Bon and Lecco and. We we struggled massively in that opening period up there, and it was a very similar feel yesterday in terms of tactics. I just felt that Cullen, Davis, and and Prattley were sort of two similar players and were sort of on each other's toes in those areas. You you don't mind so much if you're playing in the diamond, which is kind of what we assumed the lineup was going to be in the first place, where you'd have maybe have Cullen at the base and then Prattley and Davis either side, and and Johnny at the tip, and then obviously um, Green and and Taylor up top, but. Yeah, Andre sort of struggled to sort of get anything out wide until he until he'd set up for the the goal. He was sort of struggling to get on the ball. Johnny Williams probably had one of his poorer games yesterday, um, gave the ball away quite cheaply. But you can't pin it on individuals. I think that the whole team weren't good enough. Um, but we've, we've got to dust ourselves down pretty quickly because we've got a massive game on, on Tuesday night.
2: Yeah, and that's what I was going to bring up next time. I mean, it, it, we're all doom and gloom this evening after a very disappointing result that followed a, a positive result. Not necessarily. I mean, we, we didn't blow Barnsley away in the second half, certainly. We, we perhaps no. rode our luck a little bit, but, you know, we got the result that we needed. And as I said, with players coming back, you're thinking this is going to be a lift. Now, Obviously, we have to put that game to bed as soon as possible because it is Tuesday. It's Nottingham Forest coming up, a, tiff, a tough game, and they're going for top two now after Leeds' absolute implosion recently. So, I mean, they, they're going to be bang up for it. Um, I mean, Boy Bo- must have been working them hard in that in that training session today because he, he can't afford another display like that. If, even if we go to Forest and get beat, as long as we try and put a bit of a better display to, to have some sort of morale going to, you know, a big game against Blackburn here in front of a, a packed value the next mm. week.
3: Yeah, and he's luckily got the uh, the size of squad now that he can rotate a few players. I don't think there'll be too many players that were tired from yesterday's performance anyway. So I hope he has run them into the ground. Um, and it is a tough game. I think they've only lost one of their last six games. As I said, it's a it's a tough place to go. They're pushing for promotion, um, and it's yeah, it's definitely not going to be easy. And I go back to I think it was the Preston game that we lost, and I interviewed Bowyer after that game and said, well, we rarely see two bad performances from Ali side back-to-back, and then we went to Millwall. I don't think we were necessarily bad, but we obviously lost that game as well. But I don't think there's been many other occasions. Now, obviously, we've been on a long run of where we've struggled, but I think there are mitigating circumstances as to why some of those results have come in. Um, but I think when he's had a fully fit squad to, to choose from, there certainly aren't many performances. You probably count them on one hand where we just haven't turned up. Uh, and I think I would add yesterday to that, but I'd be very, very surprised. And you can play this again on Thursday if you want. But I'd be surprised if we went up there and just didn't give a, a good account of ourselves. Whatever the result, I, th- I think they'll they'll put a team out and they'll put a performance out that at least shows they're working for the shirt. Which it just didn't seem like yesterday, and that's so unlikely, Bowyer team. And unlike those players, because we know how much they care and we know how much they. They've gelled and they're a unit and, and they do work for this shirt, even the lonies, And just yesterday was just one of those days where too many of them were just off the pace, unfortunately, and just off it, but... They can't afford to be on Tuesday night because if they do, they're going to get picked off again.
2: Mm, now, um, the result you I mean, we, luckily Wigan lost. We're watching the uh, uh, the, the the last knock into their game against Preston in, in the press room beforehand. I'd uh, say so Kevin Nolan, uh, SLP writer, <laughs> heading every ball still still, uh, and uh, you know. But we we, you know, we were delighted when 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 that final whistle went at the DW because you're thinking right. Well, that uh, you know, if we win today, that will give us a, a nice gap. But if not, it's, it's taking the pressure off for this afternoon. So. At least we are still that four points ahead, Lou. But ugh, it is, it is, that that hope you had after the win against Barnsley, you're thinking, right? This this run's going to come. I mean, we that's not that's not that's not me for six that performance yesterday.
4: Yeah, and me. And and as you say, there we've we've had two good opportunities in this last fortnight to to create a bit of a cushion, and we we took our chance last weekend and made that gap bigger against Barnsley, and then. We had the the opportunity to see that Wigan result before we kicked off yesterday and and, like you say, we were all you know we were all sitting in the bars with Tom, we were looking at that, and we're thinking, you know, come on, this is our chance now if we can if Wigans have slipped up we can we can get a win here, that gap's now seven points. you're thinking that that's a lot more comfortable and with our goal difference as well because you know for all of this aside, and we've still got a, the best goal difference I think all the way up to maybe fifteenth or fourteenth and and that's that's obviously the sentiment to the start that we had but Obviously, with Stoke getting the the points over us yesterday, Huddersfield winning at a QPR, it's it looks a lot more daunting now that we're sat in twenty first. Obviously, as you say, there is still that four point gap, but you know that gap was was ten points not too long ago, and it soon closes up. And we've seen Barnsley, Luton get a couple of shock results recently. We've seen Wigan pick up a few results as well, and and now Huddersfield and Stoke, people are starting to win around us, and, and we've got to try and string a little run together to try and aid pulling away from the from the bottom three. Because at the moment, it's looking a little bit. Too daunting.
2: Mm, yeah, debut yesterday for David Davis. Uh, booked for the the challenge yep. uh, that led to the first goal, which uh, I mean, some, some would say was quite harsh. Um, what did you make of his uh, of his Charlton debut? Obviously, he's probably of of the three players who, who came in towards the end of the window. He's, he's probably the, the the one who's got the most match sharpness at the moment because he's playing quite regularly at mm. at Birmingham, uh, whereas McGeady was was certainly not playing at. Sunderland and and Smith wasn't getting many minutes at all at QPR either. Are well, you pleased with him? No.
3: <laughs> it's difficult to compare or to to make a, a comment on his performance given the the performance of the whole team yesterday. I thought he was one of our better players in, in a very poor performance. Um, I like him anyway. I think what we saw yesterday is his physical presence in the middle and I said to the boys in the pub before, I, I guarantee he'll get an early booking and, and obviously he did and then he had to be a bit more careful but he's strong in there. He's a bit like a mix between kind of a Darren Prattly, and a Josh Cullen. I don't think he's necessarily as good as either of those in what they do, but he does the Darren Prattley dirty work of getting around, getting his foot in, getting stuck in, winding players up. But then he's got the Cullen kind of calmness on the ball as well. So I like what he's got to offer in that midfield. It's about how he best fits in and, and what formation we play. Do we play the diamond? Do we play a flat four? Or do we play the, the five at the back with him as a midfield three? I think there are options there, but yeah, I think he's... Uh, he needs to grow into what we do but i think his the the style of play he has suits us and i think he will be a good player for us for the remainder of the season but i'd just be a bit wary of his physicality like i say it's an asset for sure but he obviously needs to be careful because we don't want him racking up too many bookings and we obviously can't afford to lose a player in the middle of a game at this stage of the season when we're starting to look kind of over our shoulder a little bit but Yeah, I'm certainly glad he's here and I think he's got something to offer.
2: Right, let's have a listen uh, in a few seconds to what Lee Boyer made of yesterday's game. I caught up with the Addicts boss uh, after the defeat at the Bet365 Stadium. Don't forget, we want to know what you made of it as well. You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum to have your say on this evening's show. Let's know what you made of the the performance. Let's know why you think our away form is so bad. You know, we, we, we're not we're not even picking up draws away from home. set seven defeats uh, in the last eight away game. The only point we've picked up on the road in a long time uh, was at QPR just before Christmas, and only that was thanks to a last minute uh, leveller from from Nabi Naby Sarr. Um, Let's know how fearful you are of the the dreaded drop. We're just above the the relegation zone uh, in terms of positions. I four points above it Wigan defeated yesterday our last home game, as I said, I mean, I'm re- I really hope it doesn't go down to that because our last game of the season is away to Leeds, and I know they've complete. I mean, they're being the relegation fight at, this, at the stage, the rate uh, they're going at the moment. But I mean, that could be a tough one as well. So I mean, it could really be a difficult end to the season. We don't want it to drag on that far. So let us know what you've made, uh, what you made of the performance. Anything you want to say? Uh, get in contact uh, with the show. Right. So I spoke to Lee Bayer after yesterday's uh, defeat uh, up at Stoke. Uh, the Addict's boss summed up what was a very disappointing afternoon for his side.
7: Yeah, not good enough. From start to finish I think uh, they, they was better than us first half they they took the lead deservedly so um, and then we changed it around a bit put Andre up top with Lowell and then I thought we, we scored a good goal but then you, you can't come out second half and and play and defend the way we did Um we lost there was too many players that, that weren't at it today that's, that's the reality uh, too many that, that wasn't nowhere near as good as what they they complain and unfortunately I've just said to the players there if you we have a squad that have to be at their peak and best to compete in this division and today we wasn't and that's why we lost by two goals so but we, we go again we, we have to learn from that for sure because Stoke Stoke should never be where they are in the league not, not with the squad of players that they have they've got some, some proper players in that side you know and, and they showed that today and that's why I said to the players you, you have to be at your best you have to do the right things the basics right and today we didn't
2: I guess with the win last week and the players you had coming back, that must have been such a disappointment to get that that performance today. When you you have this momentum going into the game as well,
7: yeah. And and that's what I was saying to Jacko why the game was going on. Like we, we just weren't, they weren't at their peak, and 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 this is the problem you have when they've been out for so long, and then you want them to be at the level that they was before they got injured. It takes time, and and today that showed we we had a lot of players that have come back from injury on the pitch and they just weren't uh, at, at their best you know and at their peak and so yeah I think that's that's a part of why we struggled
2: that bugbear of conceding from a set piece again when the game was you know quite even quite tight at 0-0 and, and then you fall behind in that fashion yeah but it, again set pieces is the basics of the game
7: and uh, it's, that, that, that frustrates me so much because like they worked so hard. Okay, Stoke had had the better possession, but they didn't really look like they was going to hurt us. And then set piece sets you back. We scored a good goal, I thought, to, to level it up. And then the, the, the second one is, is a defensive mistake. Uh, so yeah, and then then you're chasing the game.
2: Then so you had some a new body in today, and David Davis. Um, what did you make of his Charlton debut?
7: Yeah, I thought he done okay. Uh, I thought he won the ball. To be fair, for the, for the when he got booked and they scored from the set piece, so I, I thought he won the ball. Okay, his momentum then took him into the player, but that's that's part of the game. Um, so I thought the foul was harsh on him and the yellow card, but he'll improve in, in, in the time he's here because for me, at, at times, it takes a bit too long on the ball, but and gets caught and uh, yeah apart from that I thought he worked hard and, 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 and he'd give everything that he had looked a bit tired towards the end but um, yeah I, I see a lot of things that I liked
2: no Aidan McGeady in the squad today so can I just confirm I've been told he was ill yeah, yeah. yeah so he was ill on uh,
7: Wednesday Thursday and he wasn't he trained yesterday but he just he's not right you know I think he was so desperate to, to, to travel but that's why he, he trained but he just wasn't wasn't right so yeah uh, yeah, it was the wrong thing to do to, to bring him up here. He, he was ill.
2: No time to dwell on today, of course, because you got Nottingham Forest coming up in, in midweek. Um, a is Aidan possibly going to be involved there with his illness, and B, I mean, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough game. But every single game in the championship is tough. There
7: ain't no easy ones. Like look Stoke were below us, and uh, and, and look how they've just played today. So there ain't no bad teams in this division, and you have to earn the right for, for any point. That you, that you collect, um, and we're no different, so, yeah, we have to get ourselves ready, dust ourselves down, we'll be in tomorrow, and, and getting ready and preparing for, for Forest.
0: Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor, that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week.
6: post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today
5: Cullen trying to take his man on chip ball back across Bowers there is there, there Bowers ahead and it's And yes! oh it's done oh, oh
1: he has gone. oh Patrick Barr you absolute German beauty. woo dream has
6: scored with seconds remaining we've done it too
1: Get in! Come on! What a time to be here, at Wembley! Oh my word! Oh
5: my
2: word! Charlton Live! Uh, welcome back. That was Lee Bowyer here on uh, this evening's Charlton Live, speaking after yesterday's 3 1 defeat uh, up at Stoke City at the Bet 365 Stadium. Um, Yeah, Clear. He says it how it is, which is, I think, what what you need to hear from a. uh, f- from a manager, he's not. He, I, if if we were putting in those sort of displays under Carl uh, Robinson, for example, I imagine the questions would have had to be a, a little bit different. With Boya, you can just ask him to speak yeah. about the game, and he, he does say what what was on his mind, uh, and clearly, uh, clearly frustrated and upset with with what he saw there.
3: Yeah, rightly so. And we said as we were leaving the ground, what you don't want with Boya after a game like that is to come out and say the boys gave me everything, and second goal was offside and third goal came from a throw-in that wasn't because as you said there have been previous managers here who might have said that and Bowie has come out and said those kind of things in the past but I th- I like to think he's only ever said that when he truly believes it and when he, you know, he calls a spade a spade when we lost to Wigan away he came out and said that was poor he came out after Preston I remember and said it same at Borough so he knows when we have a poor performance and when we should be doing better and yeah he, he fronts up he admits it he won't be happy with it and uh you said he didn't take long to come out, and I'm not surprised. He probably gave him a a grilling and, and then came out to speak to you guys. But yeah, he'll be he'll be flogging them on the on the training ground today um, and trying to whip them into shape for Tuesday because he knows that wasn't good enough.
2: Well, his flogging and whipping won't help with the injury crisis. <laughs> it's, in, it's something I thought that was interesting that Bowyer said, and I think deep down we all know this: is that we have a squad that have to be at their peak and at their best to compete in this division. We can't we can't be playing within ourselves because I mean, don't forget what the situation was with the club at the start of the season we were there's a nice way of putting it we were sort of shop, shopping at Aldi rather than than at Fortnum and Masons as, as we've said more than once throughout the course of this season um you know we, we, you you, ha- you have you 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 find players who who who've got the the character and the desire that you need but they also you know they they need to play at their very highest quality to to be a championship player
4: yeah exactly and and as you say we we've, we've been overly reliant on dipping into the the free transfer market and and taking on young loanies because that's all we've had available to and us players with, from league 1 mainly well, well. exactly yeah. yeah and that's that's the that's the resources that we've had available to us and we've had a january transfer window under a new ownership where it's been assessed and we we probably haven't had to spend the money yet because they want to maybe focus on on the summer i'm not too sure but like you say, a lot of these people have made the step up from, from League One or from 23s football. You know, you look at you look at Conor Gallagher back when he came in. We were all thinking, oh, it's going to be tough because it's one hell of a step up from 23s to the championship. Especially if you think of the 23s, what Boja does. <laughs> it's a huge step up. So we've been massively reliant on that kind of market. And you're coming up against teams in this division that have got experienced pros that have played at this level and higher for their whole careers. So... You know, as Boja says, they've got to be playing at, at full throttle. They've got to be giving it 110% every week. And um, We didn't see that yesterday and the consequences of not doing that were a 3-1 defeat to a side that are struggling at the bottom of the mm. division what? with us.
3: One of your mates made a good point yesterday. He said uh, the majority of signings we made in the summer, he thinks we probably would have made if we'd still been in League One. I think getting hold of Cullen probably wouldn't have happened and maybe Conor Gallagher. Um, possibly Lyle would have left but apart from that the other players that came in and a lot of the low knees in particular I think I think he's probably right if you're a team up the top of League One you, you're probably getting hold of those players as well so I think there was a really a shrewd point from Boyer to remind people that you know we were supposed to be at this stage in the season supposed to be bottom by a mile and I do take that but also we have to remember how we performed for those first couple of months and we've shown that we could do a lot better. So hmm. I think that's probably why fans are annoyed because we started the season so well. But um, yeah, I think it is a good point and one that needs to be considered.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's exceptions because I, mean, I, know, I know Tom Lockyer was speaking with Swansea as well at the at the time that he joined us. But yeah, I, I understand fully yeah, your point there. Let's have a look at some of the tweets that have come in as well. Don't forget, we're going to hear from Robert Lee uh, later on in the show as well, with a Charlton legend Terry. that uh, Has got quite a nice little interview actually with uh, with, uh, with Robert Lee, uh, as he was back at the Valley for the first time in a while uh, the other day. Albert Rossi tweeted me saying, "Hi Lou, great show as always. I watched West Brom give Millwall uh, the runaround for ninety minutes. Uh, we played West Brom twice and played well. So how can we so bad? How can we be so bad and so that is one of the? I mean, we we are now moulded very much into a Championship team in terms of one week we can." Look very good, and then the next week we can look the, the complete opposite, and, and then some, uh, uh, unfortunately, right? F. James, uh, or I, I, I reality is starting to set in now for Ev. He <laughs> says, To be honest, we were never going to win at Stoke. Uh, reality starts now. We get one point at Forest and we go hell for leather at home to Blackburn. We believe in survival. Okay, the playoffs are gone now, uh, but that doesn't mean we give up. We are stronger uh, together. That's Ev James. He's finally given up on, on the idea of the playoffs, it's a shame. which is, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a harrowing sight when even Ev has given up on Cheltenham getting into the playoffs this year. But, yeah, cheers, uh, Ev. Yeah, you certainly uh, agree with your point about everyone sticking together and fighting for the same aim. Right, Man in Pants says uh, uh, Aaron and Alfie looked up for it. Lyle looked tired johnny got kicked Uh, the back line looked lost i couldn't get a pint at half time that linesman uh, I'd never boo uh, was, wasn't very good says I'm never boo but I'm disappointed uh, but not surprised uh, he has the away day blues You'd be, you would turn blue if you're only in your pants yesterday right Um, <laughs> uh, Hendrik uh, Johan gets in touch saying you may laugh and basically take the mickey again as you did before but it's not just me saying it now Phillips needs to be dropped at fault for two of the Stoke goals a League One level uh, at best I mean Hendrik I mean I don't think we've taken the mic we've certainly disagreed and I mean I saw this tweet earlier so I was uh, looking very closely at the goals and I still can't see where Dylan really is to blame. I thought the free kick, Lyle Taylor missed his man. It was headed across the face of goal. No one was marking McLean. Uh, the second one, well, the flag stayed down, so it's a one and one. Goalkeepers they try and save one and ones, but often they get beaten at that one. Third one, I mean, Lockyer got beaten at the near post, and all of a sudden it's arrowed into the top corner. So you don't expect your defenders to get beaten at the near post. I mean, if dylan makes a mistake which he has done at times but you know we, we've mentioned it but i don't think he's anywhere near you know droppable at this rate and i mean let's, let's put it this way Lee Bayer hasn't been afraid to drop players in the past including dylan at the start of last season when dylan got dropped at the start of last season when he wasn't pleased with performances he hasn't come close to dropping in this season
4: no and there's a good reason for it and i think that whilst you know you've got to take all opinions on on board i don't, i think dylan phillips is probably been the, the furthest away from droppable than than anybody else in that side purely because if you balance out the amount of points he's probably won us this campaign against the amount of points that he's lost us it's a landslide in one favor only i was saying to to the guys yesterday and to tom that the only fear i have of dylan phillips not playing at charlton is not for league one it's the fact that someone in the premier league could come and easily take him because he's a fantastic goalkeeper he shows great spirit because as you say, he's played second fiddle quite a lot in the past. Last season, he was given the number one jersey and Jed Steer came in and took it off of him. When Jed Steer went back to Villa and we and we brought in Chris Maxwell, his head could have easily dropped again and he could have been sat on the bench, but he performed. And ever since then, he has been fantastic for us. And I, I think, of course, there every goalkeeper, as you say, makes mistakes and he does have some weaknesses in his kicking, but... You're you paid to make saves, and and he he's got the highest save. I think he's made the most saves across all four divisions, something like that, or it's mm. definitely in the championship. So that that highlights that you know we're probably a little bit leaky in defence. <laughs> In the, yeah, like I because may- he's that- coming up against all these. May- old, but we have got the best goal difference yeah. out of the bottom bottom eight teams. So he's obviously mm. doing something right. Yeah.
2: maybe that explains our defending. At times they want to get they want to keep Dylan on top of that save stat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all yeah. his fault. Yeah, uh, D- uh, Daniel says that I thought Stoke were very good. We weren't at the races uh, at all on Tuesday. But the Martin says that we made Stoke uh, look good. Mm. Tom Bramley, we're very poor all round. I thought after the first half we couldn't be any worse in the second half, but we somehow managed it. See, we achieved something. Uh, yeah. we With our awful away form, one point in six games, do you reckon we should adopt Jose Riga's tactics of targeting certain games and surrendering others? So I think, yeah, I think I saw someone mention, it must have been Tom, or or in fact, Richard uh, has said it as well. Richard Justin says, should we write off Tuesday? Riga used to rotate players for games that we felt were winnable. Uh, So we need Taylor next Saturday. Uh, Is Bon fit? So I think maybe between them, Tom and Richard are both suggesting that we just give up Tuesday. I mean... Is the way we're playing in games that are winnable? I wouldn't. Suge- I wouldn't necessarily should suggest that we should. We should uh, forego any points because we're not in a position to do that. Also, I mean, we have pointed out. I mean, our record against the top six is surprisingly good. Maybe we have a way of playing where we will go and sit back. And also, I mean, I've seen us put in dire performances. At times this season, and gone into the next game thinking this is going to be a nightmare, and actually we've turned up a bit better. So I, I don't agree that we should almost rotate players out of squad just to you know keep them fresh for for, for Blackburn next Saturday. But I, I mean, I, I can I can understand why people suggest it sometimes. I
3: uh, above all that I cannot see Boya th- not throwing a game, but Boya yeah. not letting a team go out there and give one hundred percent. I would expect rotation because he's now got the squad that's capable of actually being able to rotate. And because we've got a game, obviously, Tuesday and then Saturday as well. But I cannot see him putting a team out there and wanting anything other for than for them to give 100% and try and win the game. Um, and whether that is to our detriment, because I agree Riga came in and did that very well that first time, um, remains to be seen. But I just can't see it happening. And I, as you say, I think there are a number of factors possibly most of all because this is the championship where we could quite easily go there on Tuesday night and win 3-0 and no one bat an eyelid so yeah I just don't think we're in the position really where we can afford to do that and I don't think this is the league where you can really do that too often and get away with it I think we've just got to go for every game and and try and get what is it probably three wins now and and a couple of draws will see us over the line so yeah, I don't think that'll be the case. But I agree, I would expect some rotation. I'd be surprised if Macaulay Bond comes in for Tuesday. Um, I think he was at Leighton Orient yesterday watching. Was um, he? Yeah, someone, my girlfriend's parents' uh, dad was there and, and said he saw him there. So I don't know whether he's whether he's fully fit and ready yet. But um, yeah, I'd, I think maybe by Saturday, I'd like to think he'd be back. But I don't know, maybe we'll just go a green up front or maybe Hemed will get a run out on, on Tuesday. But... I think uh, I can't see him chucking a game. That's for sure.
2: No, right? Craig says I had a chance to calm down from yesterday. Uh, firstly, that linesman uh, needs be selecting. Uh, not just the goals; they were all they were appalling all game. I'm normally a proud supporter of the effort of this team. However, all but a couple of the players stole their wages uh, this week. Also, we need to ask what Boyer didn't get wrong yesterday. The formation and selection was dull as dishwater and offered the perfect condition for the direct. Uh, Stoke side. Uh, the subs were too late and took off the only player who had any potency in Williams. Uh, shoving Pierce uh, on one of his clumsiest days up front was a shocker. Hopefully, a day, uh, a one-off, and a more gutsy performance will be seen uh, on Tuesday. Cheers for that, Craig. Liam says, "I'm not. Uh, we're not going to be getting to the premium league with uh, performances <laughs> like that. Uh, but I, but I still say we're staying up this season. <clears throat> no way are we one of the three worst teams in this uh, division. Total faith in Boya and the team. Uh, come on, the show." Charlton. Uh, right, James uh, said, uh, Stoke uh, played very well and were very organised and hungry uh, for the ball uh, and to win. Uh, Charlton, though, were poor. Lots of aimless hoofs up the pitch uh, to nobody in particular. Without digging individuals out, the decision-making was poor on multiple occasions. Yeah, I agree uh, with, with you there, James. Uh, Rusty says, we're getting relegated 100% if we play like that every week. No passion, no effort, no heart or desire to play. Shambles and upsetting as we have all the players back from injury now we need a miracle Wigan will survive I mean I mean I mean, I, was, I watched Wigan yesterday they were certainly putting Preston under a lot of pressure in that last 15 minutes that I watched it wasn't it wasn't good for my heart rate before the game um I mean do you fear them for I mean basically they need to get five points more now than than, than us for the rest of the season because we've and we've got a better goal difference as well as our four-point cushion I can't see Barnsley or Luton getting out of it unfortunately for them no unfortunately I, don't, I literally don't care um, <laughs> but I, I it's a straight it's a straight run between us and Wigan at the moment isn't it if we're being honest
4: yeah yeah I agree and um, obviously uh, you and I are both up at, at Wigan uh, earlier on in the campaign when we when we lost 2-0 and it was a really another disappointing day they're, they're a side that have got experienced pros at this level so there is every every possibility that they've, they've got what it takes to overtake us but there is still that four point cushion so the you know the the advantage is is in our side. We've just got to start pulling away from it sooner rather than later. And you know, as going back to the tweet earlier about about tomorrow, uh, Tuesday's game, I don't think that we that we want to be resting anybody because, as you say, our record against the the top sides is fairly is fairly strong. So if we've got an opportunity to go up to Forest and get something, if we even if we you know, scrape a an undeserved one nil win with our only shot on target throughout the whole game and. Dylan Phillips saves twenty something shots off the line. That confidence going into the home game on Saturday could be huge, and then you start you looking at two two wins potentially, and you can get a run together. And slowly but surely, you start pulling away. I still think hardest field are vulnerable, and I think Stoke are vulnerable because in other performances they've been they've been pretty poor. But when you look at sort of the inconsistency that we're sort of getting the odd the odd win, and then we're not being able to string a run together, that's where we'll struggle.
2: Mm, yeah right glup up saying hopefully the studio doesn't get swept away in the storm yeah i mean there was, uh, there was a bit of rain outside nothing nothing crazy that's what i'm blaming for not getting the ball in the bit the <laughs> <wind>. <laughs> yeah indoor wind uh, dave said it was poor uh, uh, just poor let's head on to tuesday the wave hard to make sense of the tactics at present just one lone striker one winger uh, williams collecting well deep taylor used as a right back to mark on set pieces perrington uh, in the six yard box ahead of forwards i'm sure it's all clever stuff uh, which me as a punter would not understand uh, and I don't yeah I, I, the, Taylor looked so isolated for large spells of that game yes I think Perrington being ahead of the force just because it was a counter-attack and we were getting ourselves in there and, and, and Taylor defending at set pieces he's normally very good at it but he, he clearly clearly got uh, got outdone there unfortunately um, Danny says uh, we were poor Uh, is a very poor setup every game he says he blames that uh, our our abject away form on on poor setups uh, every game right Rob Cooper says we are uh, outworked outclassed and outwitted by better players with a better manager Uh, and that's the truth of it Michael O'Neill of course at Stoke now the uh, Northern Ireland manager as well Jay says maybe let's try playing two wingers and two proper strikers and actually go in for a win away from home maybe that would solve uh, away form uh, George I've always backed Gallon Boyer, etc but whose idea was it to try and finish the season with this defence leak goals left right and centre and when you're not scoring many either it doesn't end well well I mean it's hard to say really isn't it because I mean Boyer certainly had targets you know he was talking about trying to get however many at the start you yeah, know it turned into four lonies by the end um, it's, it's, it's a difficult one isn't it Tom I mean Clearly, Bo wanted to fill out that that midfield. Would you have got a defender in?
3: No, I think we had a tweet about it the other week as well, didn't we, about getting another centre-back in? And I think we need one at some point. And I think I said in the summer that will certainly be a priority with Naby coming to the end of his contract and with Pierce perhaps being a little bit more exposed since coming to the Championship, although I think he's had good games as well at times. Uh, But the midfield was where we needed it. We lost Gallagher for one and we had all those injuries. We needed players in for there and... I think that had to be priority. I'm sure there were centre-backs on our list. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's a difficult one. And the, the fault isn't always with the defenders. If I know it sounds a bit silly because their job is to defend the goal. But you look at the set-piece yesterday. I, I know Adam Matthews is one of the players that loses man, but Lyle's the other. And as you just said there, Lyle is usually very good from defence. And set-pieces, you know, it, people like Naby Saar, they should be able to out-jump players and, and they're not doing it. So... I think I've said it several times. For me, it's it's individual errors from players and it, it doesn't necessarily matter which position they are. Now, the facts speak for themselves. We're conceding a lot of goals which suggest that the defence are not doing a good enough job. Uh, I can't argue with that. You know, that's there in, in black and white. But um, I think there were other priorities for January and I think hopefully we will see the benefit of those over the next few weeks, the likes of McGeady and Davis um, in particular. And I think we've already seen the benefit of having someone like Andre Green in the building. But, yeah, in the summer for sure, irrespective of whether we stay up or not, and I firmly still believe we will, then I think centre-back is certainly somewhere we need to strengthen.
2: Mm, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the amount of players who are coming out of contracts at the end of, and, and the amount of loanies will lose six out yeah. of the squad as well. Yeah, Richard was talking about that. Uh, there'll be a lot of work for the new ownership to do in the summer. You know, they're certainly going to have to put... Uh, money where their mouths are uh, and uh, be interested to see what happens there right George uh, right don't get me wrong i'm in no way saying boya out or anything of the sort but how long does he get this almost untouchable godlike status because there were some questionable things about yesterday's performance i love boya but the table doesn't lie what do you, what do you reckon lou i mean Everyone loves Boya. Um, he's a young manager. He's going to make mistakes. He, he's going to be disappointed with performances at times. Don't forget, though, he's had his hands massively tied behind his back, pretty much throughout his entire career so far, I and mean, he's achieved a lot in that time.
4: Well, exactly. He's in his second full season as a as a manager, um, playing you know in the championship with a side that had no financial backing uh, at the start of the season. We started the campaign with not being able to fill a bench. You know, when we we made a load of signings leading up to deadline day, so we didn't really have a full squad up till August. Held our own massively and overachieved in August and and beyond with some of those results. And yes, we have tailed off, but the injury crisis, and I hate to use it as an excuse, but it is bad. You you take that many players out of a out of any side in that division, and they're going to struggle. That's that's the bottom line of it. And we during that time, yes, we didn't pick up many, well he didn't really pick up any results but how much of that can you put down to, to Bowyer when you sort of, he's only been given the the resources to sign players that are free and probably haven't had a pre-season therefore being chucked in at the deep end and getting injured very quickly and breaking down quickly that aren't fit and and we're having to play the play the, the kids, you know Alfie Doughty the start of the season was out on loan at Bromley Macaulay Bond last season was, was playing for Leighton Orient in the non-league these are these are all players that have had to massively step up, and they have done. And yes, at the moment the table doesn't look doesn't look too great, but we've got that four point cushion because of how well we did at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. And I, be, you know, I've got every faith in in Bowyer to to keep us in the division, and then you know, judge him when he's got the resources to be able to compete properly. Because, like you say, he went into the season with his hands tied, and we all expected to be rock bottom now, and we're not. Yes, we're we're close to the bottom three, and that's not great. But we're not rock bottom and cut away like we were the last time we got relegated. We were adrift a long way. Um, you know, We were relegated p- before maybe three or four games before the end of the season. And at the moment, we're, f- we're four points clear um, with-, with every chance of-, of staying in it and giving it a real go next season. So we- we've got to keep the faith because he's a young, exciting coach. He's passionate about this football club uh, and the players want to play for him.
2: Excellent stuff there, Lewis. Right, Cliff says we need to move on quickly uh, to Tuesday's game and hopefully see a uh, response and a better performance. would be typical, uh, Charlton, to go and win at Forest. I still believe we will stay up and um, 15 points from our remaining 15 games. Uh, should do it. Right, Rilo, because uh, we've got Robert Lee coming up later on in the show. Uh, saying, I mean, Rob, Rob talks about he had a great, well, I think, eight or nine years here at the club. Rilo says he did spend uh, basically the first six and a half of those falling over in the opposition box. Bless him. <laughs> mm. uh, I'll take your word for that, Rilo. Right, George said... Uh, if it was today, uh, the game, we could have blamed uh, the weather. No excuses, though, for yesterday. Maybe like we were so worried about the weather that was coming that we, we, we started playing like it was there already. Uh, spaced out cat I can't remember the last time that we outplayed a team this season the amount of possession we give away is a real worry it's as though we invite teams uh, to attack Tone says it was a very poor performance and deserved to lose but the referee was blind in one eye and couldn't see out the other <laughs> with some poor decisions he made we are losing the battle in midfield at the moment I'd maybe change for a 4-5-1 just to get some control of the game Freddo says a very 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 poor performance uh, but I don't think I've seen a worse performance from a set of officials not just the ref uh, before, absolutely shocking, Uh, doesn't forgive our performance though, Sammy says not good enough, we were poor in possession, the midfield uh, looked too slow and it didn't help with Williams being kicked at every opportunity, we didn't deserve anything from the game, uh, as we showed no fight with the 50-50s wingers, wide midfielders not tracking back Uh, he thought that Joe Allen was classed though for uh, the the home side. James says every time we travel north, the team doesn't perform. It's not good enough. The fans that follow the team away are those who I feel sorry for. Yeah, just under two thousand made the uh, the journey yesterday. Bob Liskum was one of them, and he said it was disappointing. And uh, off Prattley's pocket it says Williams has been poor since his return. Uh, Oosthuizen created more in five minutes than Williams did uh, in his three games. The Aussie was involved, wasn't he, in that 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 move that mm-hmm. led to Taylor's shot right at the end. Uh, it be interesting to see if there's a switch for Tuesday, especially with you know, William still trying to get his minutes back. And uh, right, Sebo says, I thought the players were due to train today anyway, regardless of the result, because they have a game uh, in another two days from now. Yeah, I assume they probably would have. Pierce, uh, according to Jonathan, Ackworth, is not championship standard. Uh, also, why drop Anike for Hemed? Uh, Bayer seems to have a favourite and regular people dropped. Uh, we need to replace, or at least uh, 10 yeah, in the summer. I think, I mean, Anike hasn't been dropped as such. He's still coming back to fitness. Uh, Hamid was on the bench yesterday. Obviously, didn't get on. Uh, Dan says Lady Luck was not on our side yesterday. I uh, love that lady, but uh, we weren't mm. good enough uh, enough from start to finish. Looking at it from a more neutral point of view, Stoke's squad is supposedly worth four times what ours is worth. So teams, uh, so them and most teams should be beating us on paper. Uh, then Dan says, I still fancy us to go and beat Forest. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, Seba then says, I don't like to make excuses, but you mentioned the Wigan result. Did the players know the Wigan result beforehand? Was it subconsciously on their mind and take a big edge off their performance, knowing the gap was still going to be at least uh, four points? I feel that the Middlesbrough and the QPRs also need to be a little bit careful because uh, they could still get sucked into it. Uh, into the scrap and then Hendrik gets involved we will get beat 5-0 up at Forest with a fraud like Dylan Phillips in goal well there we go Hendrik we'll see what happens shall we let's see if Dylan uh, is still in the team which I'm fairly confident he will be because obviously Boyer is the manager of uh, unfortunately Hendrik and not you uh, right let's have a quick break here and we'll be back in 30 seconds keeping him for Charlton
6: he's under a bit of pressure flicks it on towards Pierce. little flick forward towards Williams, Williams he's wide. Williams in the pound area. collects Williams skies past Allen no Williams oh. saved by oh. can Gallagher get on a retrieving ball he can but further wide Gallagher ball into Cullen Cullen has got Bradley behind him Cullen into the pounds area. Cullen still ball across goal comes to Williams and he, and he goes! Goes!
2: I'll pick that one by random. Actually, us beating Stoke, <laughs> better days. <laughs> yeah, back in the good old days, right? Phil, I felt I felt bad for Phil yesterday because I knew he was making his first away trip in a long time, like thirteen oh, no. years or something. I think he took his boy up to Stoke, uh, and he uh, he got straight onto the messages uh, outside uh, while he was still sitting on the coach. Uh, it's his first away game since we drew with Liverpool the year we went down so yeah what's that 13-14 years ago Uh, and it's going it's going to be (laughs) it's going to be some time until my next one that's a good thing at least Uh, a shocking performance from start to finish defensively all over the show Uh, and there was no midfield as well no uh, creativity uh, and a front two that looked like they'd never seen each other before anyone who thought that just Uh, by getting our injured players back we were going to climb the league table should watch this shambles Uh, still not sure about the business we did late in January does Davis make us any better is Smith ever going to play Uh, I know you should never post so close to the end of the match but that was just not good enough Uh, it says PS Aboya doesn't come out of this without criticism either uh, well, how do we concede so many goals in the 1st five ten minutes after halftime? It's so unprofessional. Thomas uh, Mannering says, Hi guys, I won't be able to listen live, but I will listen back later. I uh, just want to say a few things from Stoke, uh, from the supporters. Coach, uh, I think we were really poor yesterday. Uh, shame really, because I was never really pumped for the game. Uh, sorry, because I was really pumped for the game. Never really got going though. I said to someone at halftime uh, who scores again in the second half first, we'll win the game. Uh, the second goal Stoke got killed us off the whole halftime team talk. Uh, Bayer had said had gone out the window uh, we still need attacking uh, midfielders I think uh, Super Johnny uh, played well uh, and Cullen but defensively uh, we were poor too late to bring the young man old uh, down the left uh, anyway good luck on the show we go again on Saturday that's from uh, Thomas Mannering cheers for that uh, Thomas a few messages came in on the forum uh, as well uh, Carter's asking if Rob Lee fancies another run out <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mazza says we didn't deserve anything from yesterday it was a poor defensive display uh, Steve Brown who was uh, yeah, with us on Radio London uh, pointed out at the start of the game that the Stokes certainly had a height advantage Uh, over us yesterday uh, which they used at set pieces Uh, only Lockyer Pierce Perrington and Taylor have any height in our side he says Uh, Sarr is tall but can't be trusted to be part of the starting lineup." Uh, we could have done with getting a result yesterday against a team in a similar predicament to us uh, but we played so the fact we played so poorly and didn't get anything is concerning Uh, conceding two goals a game as we have done many times this season is relegation form and it's starting to look like a straight up fight between us and Wigan to stay in the division we're four points ahead of Wigan with a better goal difference so it's in our hands. I think we have to target winning our home games against the teams around us and hope that that will be enough to keep us up. I just hope that Bose and Jacko can get the team to tighten up at the back. If we're going to pick up any points from the away fixtures, we don't really want to be going into the last game of the season away at Leeds needing a result. Uh, said it was a great day out, spoiled by the football, but let's be honest, we were lucky to win against Barnsley last weekend. Yesterday's performance was woeful, lacking in energy and ideas. The players knackered uh, as if they've already played the Forest match. Uh, Why do you think that is? I don't know. I I, I don't know why it was. I, I just hope it's a bit of those players that are coming back and need to get up to speed still. And now I'm sort of really hoping that they do quite soon. Hopefully, in time for Tuesday. Uh, but we'll see Silly Billy uh, says it's clear that we have a back five of whom only two Phillips and arguably Matthews are championship standard the rest are either league one level uh, such as Pierce or Purrington or not yet proven such as Sartre or Lockyer is therefore to my mind folly to play a midfield system that relies on us sitting criminally deep and inviting teams onto us because said defensive line will simply not be able to, co- uh, to cope for prolonged periods it was fair enough uh, when we were forced to play the kids in the midfield because frankly there was no other option but it's neither sensible or or desirable now that we have a full squad to pick from. Red Chaser says it was Taylor who lost his first uh, his man for the first goal, and then Matthews switched off and Markin McLean, who couldn't believe his luck for a simple tapping for the second. Three of our players appeared mesmerised, <laughs> mesmerised by the oncoming player in the inside right position, whilst Matthews failed to keep a tight line and played in onside to score. Uh, their third was a failure by Purrington to cut out the cross. Pierce looked like he was standing in treacle, and Lockyer allowed Powell to get a yard on him uh, to be first to the and score it was shambolic we were second best all over the park and that was from uh, red chaser cheers for that uh, mark says uh, the reason we lost because you went to blue water again yesterday i mean yeah, we have we have discusses water, yeah man. he when he goes to blue water we tend we tend to lose so i mean you got to start supporting the team better in, in some way mark uh, liam says uh <laughs> oh god right okay this yeah. is mad dog mendonka's brother apparently man, so we've had mad dog that mendonka that. we've had mad dog mendonka's dad now we've got Mad Dog Mendonca's brother. Highly win the team. I was a little bit surprised at the lack of concern from you boys in the pre-Stoke show on our prospects of being relegated. Uh, whilst I think we're capable of staying up and remain hopeful we will, our away form is such a concern that it doesn't look like chain. I have to admit, Liam, oh, I'm sorry, Mad Dog Mendonca's brother. Yeah, I mean, yesterday has knocked me for six. And looking at our away form, is, is certainly... Given me a bit more concern, but I mean we'll see. We've still got that four point gap. Uh it said it puts increasing pressure on a home matches. Blackburn and Luton now look like must win games. I'm very concerned uh, every home game is going to be like Barnsley last week in terms of pressure on the team and I hope they can handle it and stop conceding uh, cheap goals uh, at this point it looks like it's going to be between us and Wigan for that final spot I know Wigan aren't the strongest but they have been picking up more points than recently and I'm still not convinced with my with Louis' 45 uh, point target I think we'll need more than that however I do have a feeling uh, that QPR could be dragged into it their form is poor and they let in cheap goals as well final point I would like to see Sam Field back in the side his early season contribution was a little bit underrated amongst the fans base uh, reading away and Forrester at home he played very well and I think he adds a calmness and a balance to the side well yeah I wonder if he, he might get run out Definitely. Tuesday do you reckon do you reckon Tommy
3: I think so yeah I'd be surprised if we didn't see him and possibly Aiden McGeady as well in that midfield um, as I said earlier I think we're not going to rotate for the sake of it and certainly not to throw a game but I agree I was on comms for the reading away game and Field was was brilliant and he came out and did the interview after the game as well Um yeah, very, very solid player, and I think he offers something. And I think, was it Lewis said on Thursday show that it's whether Prattley lets you rest him? I think, to be honest, whether it's him that comes out, I'm not sure, but I would certainly bring Field in. It's just whether you play him and Cullen and Prattley, I suspect not, unless you're really going to try and defend up at Forest. But yeah, I think I'd like to see him and McGee, as I say, because I think Johnny Williams. I know he's only just back, but he's still getting to full fitness and probably needs a little bit of a rest as well.
2: Mm, Right, Uh, Robert says, uh, uh, yesterday's performance wasn't good enough. We all know uh, that I do not put all the blame uh, on the players. As it's clear, uh, some are not good enough for this division. Bowyer needs to take a large portion of the blame because at halftime we were lucky to still be in the game. So why did he not change it up uh, rather than doing the same thing? he, He tweaked the formation a bit towards the end of the first half. Uh, which I guess he hoped would would, would make a, a difference, uh, but it didn't really, if we're being honest. Uh, and then we always do that same thing where we concede in the second half. We go 2-1 down and still nothing changes. We were getting overrun by Stoke. Uh, it looked like they had an extra man everywhere on the pitch. Stoke are good. There's clearly a lack of experience in this division, though, uh, when you compare us both as a team, Bayer and O'Neill as managers, as well as each and every player, man for man. Stoke were a Premier League outfit not so long ago, and O'Neill is an experienced international manager, and it's stowed showed i still think we'll stay up uh, but it's going to be a bumpy ride between now and may oh and please never let purrington start another match yes he scored but even his own teammates didn't want to pass to him uh, when Doughty came on. He looked like a different class. That's from uh, Robert Ray. Says uh, the collective performance yesterday was the worst this season. Uh, not at it from the first minute until the last. Frustrating that this performance could come in such an important match. Our destiny is still in our own hands. Uh, match Wigan's results and we will stay up. Allowing bales have rung in my ears though for the first time this season. Uh, but I still believe we'll have enough. Luton and Barnsley look doomed. Uh, we've got some big games this month uh, against other teams in similar positions. And we must not lose them strangely in a better position now than before Saturday as we can have one less game to catch us that's a very good point actually Ray uh let's keep the faith in Bayer our trust let's go again midweek uh, and then get the win against Blackburn uh hopefully all will be much more relaxed if that happens keep up the good work oh, on the show that's from Doogie Mac yeah cheers for that Ray thanks for getting involved Anthony wants to see a change in formation um says first tuned into the show a couple of months ago on a regular listen now love it thanks for that and uh, says uh, with our poor run of form I can't help but thinking that perhaps it's time that Bo's thought about changing formation and tactics because something clearly isn't working we have too many midfielders not enough options in defense or up front bringing a midfielder as a sixth lone player may 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 well come back to haunt us uh, I also think the players may well benefit from the input of a sports psychologist uh, would be interesting to hear what you think Any uh, keep up doing what you do would you, would you reckon like a psychologist could try and solve the lack of concentration at the start of the second half that we seem to have quite a lot at the moment
4: yeah yeah I suppose it would be an option but at the same time you should be able to coach that into them you know it's become too regular now um, and there's got to be uh, an overriding factor as to why we keep doing it Managed to not do it at Barnsley, which was which was a touch, but <laughs> it's um, it's yeah, it's very frustrating. I mean, yesterday it sort of came, as you say, from that the throwing that was sort of at the other half, so it was a bit of frustration. I think we probably switched off, sort of screaming and shouting at the at the officials, and then you yeah, know, before you know it, they're at the other end scoring that second goal. So it's no excuse, obviously, and there must be something there. So yeah, maybe it maybe a sports psychologist would would be. Something to look at. Trying you know. anything at the moment. You? <laughs> try anything. Get
2: missed it, Megan. If that will help. Uh, right, Ray. <laughs> uh, another Ray says. Even in lads. I think the formation from the start was wrong. Uh, we should have stuck with five, three, two with wing backs or the diamond. We are familiar with these formations. I have to admit, I was I was surprised with the formation yesterday, so just because of the way it played out. Mm. You know, you always trust Bayer to try something a bit different, but when it when it doesn't work, and you see he tried to change it, but even then didn't didn't really make much difference unfortunately uh, it says plus playing Cullen Prattley and Davis together was the wrong decision in my opinion they're very similar players we needed a bit more as an attacking player uh, instead of one of them Roland Tuesday uh, come on you res. cheers for that Ray and then Justin uh, Fletcher says it was poor I'd love to know how many times we've tested the uh, opposition goalkeeper in the last three months I would imagine it's barely into double figures and that is just not good enough granted injuries and the like have taken their toll recently but even with the return of said players past through the midfield and creating clear-cut chances has become a thing uh, of our early season form and the team bears little semblance to then. I know I'm stating the obvious but we need to buck up, start producing more chances and seal up our leaky defence or we are going down. We have the players to finish but not if they don't get the ball. There's clearly, uh, a, a lot of people worried about the, the recent form um, You know, getting involved with the show th- this evening and you, you're not alone, of course. Um, you know, that... that as I said earlier, I mean, that, I, I was, uh, I was, I was worried after seeing what I saw yesterday. The only thing I'm clinging on to is hoping that those players come back. You know, the ones that have come back get a bit more fitness over the next couple of weeks, and and uh, you know, run out Tuesday, maybe a run out against Blackburn Saturday, and then we start to really back up our ideas because we can't put in too many more performances like we saw yesterday. Right? I promised you some some good stuff. Uh, this evening on tonight's Charlton Live uh, and we've got an interview with a bit of a Charlton legend here, uh, Robert Lee was back at the Valley uh, a few weeks ago for the 80s evening uh, I sent Terry uh, up to the uh, I think it was in Crossbars the evening to go and have a, uh, have a chat with the former England international, uh, he said he was delighted to find himself uh, back at the Valley once more
8: it's, gr- it's great to be back, it's been a, it's been a long time I mean, actually last time I was here I, I did a walk from I think and watched Luton get beat by Charlton, so um, I mean, that was last season, but I haven't been back much at all. I don't, I don't get much time to get
5: back. And that was a bit of a double edged sword as to, because of who was playing for Luton at the time,
8: yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, my son was playing, so um, uh, luckily enough, both teams went up. So, um, I, I had a
5: it was, it was all right, really. So, it worked out well in the end. It worked out well in the end. Now, uh, of course, everybody remembers your time. I'm going to try and get through this interview without mentioning turnstiles once, <laughs> uh, but uh, bear with me. Um, but of course. You know, most people know that uh, you know you started at the valley. Just uh, you broke into the first team just a season or two before we had to leave. How it was, was actually the season we left. Yeah.
8: Uh, I, I hardly play. Uh, people, um, there's a misconception. I, I played a lot of times at the valley. I I, I didn't. Uh, I made my debut I think in March '84, and I think by the end of the season we were we, were, we left the valley. Um, so I, I played very few games. You can count them one, one or two hands how many how many games I played there really, uh, and then
5: we moved on to Sellers Park. So. So, in terms of impact to, uh, to you as a, as a player, it didn't really, didn't really have too much of an effect. Uh,
8: not, not really. Because I didn't, play, you know, I'd watched. My, my dad was a huge Charlton fan. Worked here for a long time. Uh, this is why I was on the turnstiles. Stern uh, uh, and I, so I used to go here and watch. All, you know, Steve Grit, Derek Owls, Martin Roberts, and Mike Flanagan. They were all my, my sort of like heroes growing up for Charlton. Um, so, but, I, but, I only played here r- rarely, rarely, and then obviously I didn't. I was sold to get the money to go back to the Valley anyway, so I, I missed out then as well. I <laughs> only played here when, when I came for Newcastle in the FA Cup, yeah. I think it was.
5: I remember it well. In terms of, of that impact, I mean, people now have, uh, players now have agents dripping off uh, every, every arm and, uh, and, and the way it worked out. How did that come about? I mean, the, the whole, the, the interest, I mean, was it interest from other clubs first and then the club saying, well, actually, we could do with the money, or was it the club saying, no, actually, we do need to sell properly?
8: Uh, I think it was, I, I had no agent. I think my dad came up with me to to, to speak to Lenny at Middlesbrough, but I, I it was a case of a, I I I was sort of like a, a, a stage in my career where I needed to see if I was I could go to a high level um, and play at a high level, um, and Charlton needed the money. Um, that was made clear as well that, that um, Charlton needed the money. Uh, you know my, my ideal destination was to go to West Ham. I think Billy Bonds yeah. was there and Curves was our manager and. Um, that was where I wanted to go. Uh, it didn't didn't pan, didn't pan out like that. I think Newcastle offered more money. They needed the money to go to. The valley, and
5: uh, it, it worked out well for both parties. I think there was another misconception. Well, <coughs> is it a misconception? Actually, it's question I'm going to ask. That uh, there's a, uh, at least a fable about uh, Kevin Keegan selling you Newcastle because he said it was closer. <laughs> is, it, <laughs> is that actually true? It's
8: uh, it's, it's partially true. <coughs> he, what, what he said was Newcastle's a bigger town than Middlesbrough. He said I'll get you home quicker, and I'll, I'll, we have more trains, we have more planes, um, which was true. But he does like. Um, <laughs> He does like painting over it that he that I, I wasn't really. Term,
5: in terms of career move, though, I mean, Newcastle didn't do you any harm, did it?
8: Uh, it's the best move of my career, yeah. <laughs> you know, people always said I'm a Londoner. and I was, I was, I was born in the East End of London. My, my dad was from South London and my family all Londoners. And, and people said that, that it, it would be too much for me to do it. And, and, um, and I, I thought maybe it would have been, but I, it was the best thing I ever did. You know, um, maybe getting away from my family and, and trying something different, trying a new new city. Um, playing for a, uh, a huge football club, which was on the, um, which was on the, on a massive uh, incline, was, was, was I was very lucky because I, I grew I grew with the team, so um, I, I was I was very lucky and I had a great career. I'd just been
5: disturbed by Uh The um, I watched you coming into the team and, and then watched you progress uh, as a player and uh, become the, the player you were. Certainly a chump um, Fans here at the club. Still remember you very fondly, indeed. Um, maybe partly because of they knew the reason you had to go, uh, but also because uh, you know the high that they felt because you were one of ours, uh, and you were a good player, and that people accepted the situation. Do you get that feeling?
8: Yeah, I, I, I always had a great, percent, uh, you know, affinity with, with Charlton fans. So it gets it gets lost, and I get blamed a little bit. But it's you because people don't realise I played with Charlton really because it's before the Premier League years, yeah. you know. So it's. You know they don't even count your goals. You, 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 you know, I had eight years. Yeah, great, eight great years. Never really wanted to leave. I, I was, I was happy here. I had some good times. We got in the, you know, the so the Premier League or the First Division. It was stayed there for a few years. Um, I was always up the top in in in, in the Championship or Division Two. So um, I, I enjoyed it here immensely. My my, my dad was a big fan. So um, never really wanted to leave until, I, you know, I just I just needed to see if I, how, how good I could become. You know, I. I you know, no disrespect to and I just wanted to see if I could, if I could play in the, um, the Premier League was just starting, and c- could I play in that sort of like league and that level? One?
5: We yeah. certainly proved that without any question whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so, England yeah. caps uh, following as a result. Yes. Well, uh, we haven't got a huge amount of time because you've got to go and, and discuss and have the uh, uh, have the evening with the fans. But uh, um, one thing I do want to ask you: obviously, uh, you're now uh, a father of, of two boys playing, uh, yeah. who have also made their way uh, successfully in, in, the, in the in the league. Um, are you a good watcher as a as a father or a bear watcher? Uh, no, I'm I'm am I'm not a great watcher. Um,
8: I, I I didn't really got nervous when I was playing. I was quite laid back when I played. Um, I, I get nervous watching the boys play. Um, but they're, they're both they're both doing very well. You know, one's at Luton, one's uh, he's at Hearts, but he's on loan at Gillingham, Gillingham. this season, doing doing really well. Oh, well, that's a relief. Isn't uh, it? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, no. Got him. He's, he's living with us now, so got my grandson living with us for a little while uh, while they sort their house out, but. Um, no, it's, it's 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 tougher than these days. It's not. As, uh, it's much harder than when when I started. You know, you, you you're fighting against the best players in the world now. You know, I was fighting against the best players probably in England and the UK. But um, so it's very tough. And um, you know, who knows? Then one day they might play for. A, I want to play like
5: me Well if I'm allowed to give you any advice and I apologise for doing it but uh, as an old person who's uh, now watching his grandson play football I can tell you it's worse <laughs> It's worse it's <laughs> Thanks worse. for that Yeah it's, lovely It's on a different yeah. level Yeah thanks, uh, thanks for that Something yeah. to look forward to Yeah exactly yeah. Robert okay. thanks for really taking the time to talk to us Have a great evening Thanks All very right. much yeah, Thanks so much. Thank you.
2: There we go. Great to hear from uh, Rob Lee or Robert Lee uh, which apparently people uh, people always say oh you have to call him Robert Lee. Have to like Andrew Cole. Yeah as, it, as if he cares. Like I, I, I had to email him about something last year and I'm fairly confident he had Rob Lee in his email. <laughs> like, people make a big deal but great, great to hear from him and obviously slightly before our time but um, he's, he's one of those players who's infamous at the Valley because of the, the part he played in getting us back here which was being sold to Newcastle yeah, and, and yeah, really, going on hmm. uh, going on and, and having a very good career but obviously he did have a long time with the club beforehand uh, just before we left the Valley uh, and uh, yeah he got his, uh, his sons playing one of which was at, at Luton as, as we remember um, he was playing there l- last season as well as we were going up together so yeah he, he obviously clearly still has fond memories of of, of his time at the club as well yeah I think did he
3: do the upbeats walk last year yeah he was with us for the
2: upbeats walk yeah yeah
3: um yeah said obviously he doesn't get back as as much as he'd like but as you just said there I I obviously didn't see him play but and got to know him from primarily from his time at Newcastle and and England but what he did for us as you said by being sold actually helped us immensely and yeah uh, all the ex-players say it, uh, Walsh said it again last week, it's it's a club that gets under your skin and one that, you know, when we do these these nights where you look back at previous seasons or previous decades or whatever, you get a whole host of players coming back and a lot of them actually are the same players because they're still involved in some way. You look at people like Simon Webster, he's always here at the Upbeats Walk, he's always around the ground, Bob Boulder the same, Peacock, Keith Peacock obviously around the uh, the ground on match days, they you know, these are players that are synonymous with what Charlton is. So, yeah, great to hear from him. And, and as you say, I, I don't remember his time here, but obviously a quality, quality player who went on to do good things for Newcastle as well and clearly runs in the family as well, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, Charlton, a club that gets under your skin. That's a, if that, that's the new club motto, I think. They get yeah. under my bloody skin uh, at the moment. Right, we're, we're back at it. It's Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, yep. playing uh, Forest. A uh, team that have won four of the last five at home. They beat Leeds two 0 yesterday. Um, saw off uh, Wigan and Luton in that run of, of home wins recently. I mean, they're they're sitting just outside the top two by a point now. Um, they're they're in fourth on fifty four. Fulham. Uh, a level with Leeds, I didn't realise that, on 55, Leeds', Leeds um, implosion has been quite spectacular and in a way, I'd be proud of it if that was us because they've <laughs> been they've been so rubbish recently but, you know, Forest, Forest will be eyeing up that top two along with Fulham and Brentford and thinking we've got a real chance of getting into that and therefore, they will not be taking us lightly at all on, on Tuesday evening which is exactly what we wanted to hear.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, isn't it, like you say there, how that, the gap at the top, a couple of, you know, maybe a month or so ago was was quite large. And you look after the Christmas period and, and through January, the the runs that you know even West Brom had a couple of disappointing results, not quite as bad as Leeds have had it recently. But that gap has closed now. You were sort of looking at it at the start of the season that they they were quite you know they were cut quite a way away and Forest and, and have sort of made their own march up the league and as of Brentford and Fulham, you're now looking at another sort of mini league to to break into the top two of five teams and you know Forrest are going to want to be top of that they've got some unbelievable players at this level uh, Sabri Limucci's coming this season has done a fantastic job for them um, and you know they're, they're a club that are, that are on the up and that, that result on uh, uh, yesterday against Leeds would, would have given them a, a whole load of confidence going into the game on Tuesday night against us especially maybe looking at us as a as a bit of an easy target but then as we say, our record against the the better sides, we do fancy you know taking the odds up. So mm. we'll, we'll have to see how we go. I think we're more than capable of getting something up there. I'll, I'll always back us, but um, you know, Forest are, have been very impressive this season. Mm. Although at home, start of the season was probably the best half of football I've seen us play in ages against Forest here back in August.
2: Yeah, so. Matt hopefully we'll be their bogey team or something. For, yeah, <laughs> yeah for one, only for one <laughs> half they because they still yeah, got a point half. of us. So Lewis Grabin's having a great season there. Joe Lolly, the likes that. But concentrate on ourselves very very briefly. I mean. Bit of rotation tomorrow, freshen it up, tumor in maybe, filled in maybe, there's options there, McGeady could could play a part if he's recovered from his illness.
3: Yeah, I think we could possibly see all of them, whether they all start, I'm not sure. wonder if you'd look at, depending on how we play at the back, whether it's four or five, whether you bring Sarr in, whether you maybe bring Deji in, um, whether you even drop Darren Prattley back in, as we've done previously. thought Alfie looked good in his cameo the other day, uh, yesterday, so... If we are playing a five, I wouldn't be surprised to see Alfie. I wouldn't be surprised to see rotation because we've got a lot of games this month and we need to manage those players, particularly the ones that are just coming back from injury. So, yeah, a little bit of rotation, but it's not rotation of youngsters now. It's rotation of good quality senior players who should be able to get a job done. So, yeah, going to be a tough game. I'll be watching from home this time. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of hoping we can bounce back obviously from the performance yesterday.
2: Alright let's get out of here um, we, we've got another 20 minutes of trying to chip a football into a bin to, to get our teeth stuck into <laughs> the, the show has uh, come to an end anyway so uh, thanks to all of you who have got involved on this evening's Charlton Live with your emails uh, and your, your posts on the forum and your, your Twitter messages as well that plenty of you have had your say. Uh, everyone's getting a little bit worried I am myself as well but let's hope you know. Let, let's go and grab something, go and grab the ball by the horns at Forest, let's go and shock them, let's go and take them out of the, t- of the, uh, the top two race, let's just go and put a performance let's in please On Tuesday. Right, thanks to Tom and Lewis for for braving the storm and and coming out to the Valley this evening. No No worries, mate. Thank uh, you. It's been a pleasure to have you here. I've been Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back here on Thursday where we'll look back at whatever happens against Forest and look ahead to the football for a fiver game uh, against Blackburn. Let's hope that we'll have some good news uh, on the football pitch in the next couple of weeks. We shall see you on Thursday. (laughs) p p p